Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. So good um, to, to be with you tonight and it's so good for all the folks getting baptized, really excited about the baptisms tonight. And um, as I said, it, it's quite weird because we, every time we've went to baptize people the last few months, it just seems something um, is, is up. And we know that the enemy hates us and we've told the people being baptized that they expect that in a way that the enemy doesn't like it. He, doesn't, he knows he's lost these people because they've accepted Jesus Christ into their hearts as their Lord and Savior, but he doesn't want them to tell anybody else. Obviously, he, is, uh, he doesn't want that to happen. So what better thing to do on uh, Easter than to baptize people? Resurrection is a very powerful thing. And probably if I were to ask in this room, what are the two most significant days in the Christian calendar? Most people in the room could tell me the two days, Christmas and Easter. And yet it always baffles me. I was saying this this morning in our service. It always baffles me that we make so much of Christmas and really so little of Easter, bar a few Easter eggs and maybe a dinner or two. And if you're like our family, we'll boil some eggs tomorrow and paint them up and go and find a big hill somewhere and have a bit of, a, a, a bit of fun rolling our eggs, but by, by sunset tomorrow night, it's gone, and we've forgot all about it. And it's, yet it's the greatest holiday for the believer. Theologically, I believe, I said this morning, Christmas doesn't hold a candle to this, and Easter reminds us that, this, that Jesus not only died, not, or not only was born, not only did he live, not only did he die, but he was risen again, he's risen again from the dead. And so at Christmas time, we buy trees, we put lights on them, we, we buy everybody else presents. And I said this morning again that we, someone who once said we buy presents for people that we don't actually know or like very much with money that we can't afford. And there's a bit of truth in that. We see people, friends that we never really socialize with the rest of the year. Uh, and yet, uh, the, the Easter message is the central message to Christianity. It's what hinges all around. You see, they can argue the fact that because Jesus was born, even though we know he was, um, it was a miraculous conception. It wasn't a miraculous birth, but it was a miraculous conception, but he was born. And so people can argue and say, well, other leaders and other great prophets were born. And we could say, well, he died. And they can say, well, other great prophets and other great leaders died. But then we can say, which none of the rest of them can say, he's risen again. He's risen from the dead and he ascended and he lives forevermore. And there's something so powerful about that. And so this is the story, the Easter story, which spread through the world. It spread through the ancient Middle East like wildfire, eventually transforming even the very Roman Empire which had ruled Israel in Jesus' time. And by this current day, there's an estimated in around 2.2 billion believers, people that will confess Jesus Christ as Lord, alive on planet Earth in the 7 billion people that exist. So it's the largest um, religion, the largest um, faith movement in the world, and it's absolutely central to Christianity. He is risen is the fundamental and foundational affirmation of the New Testament. And, uh, 
And, and so this is so powerful that Jesus actually burst the bands of death. And, and it's quite moving to watch the people go under the water and then come up again, which I'm sure the family members are quite excited about. But there's something about rising up to new life. And as the people went into the waters of baptism, this is basically what Romans 6 teaches us, that by going into the water, they're going into death, right? So, so this is all like identifying with um, our Savior and Lord, the Lord Jesus, by going under the water, they're representing the burial of Jesus. And by coming up, up out of the water, they're representing the resurrection to new life. Now, there's a great passage in the New Testament, which I want to take a minute or two and unpack for you tonight in 1 Corinthians 15. And one day, the Apostle Paul, who was um, having an obvious download from the Holy Spirit, senses that the church in Corinth is missing a point or two on the resurrection. He reckons that there's something has got dulled down. And so he my, my take on it, he asked them to give them five or ten minutes of their time, and he sort of grabs them by the spiritual lapels, and he says, guys, if you just give me a little bit of time and let me talk you through what the resurrection means. Now, that five or ten minute conversation, you'll be glad to know, was recorded, and it's recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, and it's on the screen. And here's what it says. It says, and if Christ has not been raised... Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he has raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we are of all people most to be pitied. Now let me unpack a few things in that passage, all right? Maybe it seemed like a bit of a mumble jumble to you, but let me unpack it a little bit. Paul's saying, if Christ be not raised from the dead, there's a few things that will happen. The first thing he says, if there's no resurrection from the dead, if Easter is insignificant and Easter's not really important, then he said, your preaching is useless. It's a waste of time. Every prayer, every worship song, every prayer meeting, every preach that we've done over the last 2,000 years has just been absolutely waste of time. And then he says, not only is your preaching a waste of time, but he says, your faith is a waste of time as well. He says, your faith has been misguided. It's all for nothing. It's been a myth. And there's nothing worth putting your faith into and no one worth putting your faith on. Um, and then he says, thirdly, he says, if Christ be not raised from the dead, then we're actually spreading lies. He, he says, we've spent our time just misguiding people. We've been, we've been spreading falsehoods and mistruths and just misguiding people. And then he goes on to say this. He says, number four, he says, and your faith is futile. And, and worse than that, he says, we are still in our sins. We may think our sins have all been dealt with, but if Christ is not risen from the dead, then it's one big myth, and there's no atonement, and we're all snookered if there's no resurrection. And then the fifth thing he says is, and if that's the case, all the people, all your loved ones, that went before you, that you think's in heaven. Uh-uh, they're not there, doesn't exist. And you're not going there either, by the way, if Christ be not raised. Pretty strong message, isn't it? 
This is a pretty strong message. Remember, when Paul is writing this, he's writing when Christians were being martyred for their faith. And he says this, lastly, he says, if Christ be not raised and isn't risen, then we've just been big fools. We've all been, we've all been suckered. And he says, we're just people, all the martyrs just give up their lives for nothing. And he says, we just should be pitied because we're just a bit of a laughing stock. That's what he says of Christ. So you can see why the Easter message is so important and we, why we celebrate a resurrected Lord and Savior. Uh, you see, I can take you and you can go to some graves of religious leaders and great politicians and, and you can go to graves of great so-called prophets, but you, the bones and the remains are still there. But I have never been in the Holy Land, but I know loads of people in this room, and I'm going in 2019. Me and Mo are heading there, so if you want to come, you're welcome. And uh, I'm going for my first visit there, and I'm looking forward to going to the tomb. Because it's empty, you see. It's empty. The tomb's empty. There's no bones. There's no decaying embers in that grave because the third day Jesus was raised from the dead and Paul after giving all of these negative implications in the very next verse I love this he says this but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead <laughs> he says all of that would would be of nothing but the fact is he has raised himself from the dead and he's the very first fruits of those who have fallen asleep this is pretty cool now, if you were to back up in that passage, um, if you were to back up in that passage a few verses, you'd find this passage. Now, let me read through, and I'll do a few little changes as I read through it. Paul then says this. He says, For what I've received, I've passed on to you uh, as important, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And if you don't believe that, he said, he appeared to this boy called Cephas, that's Peter, right? He appeared to him. All right, And then he says, just six quick fire little points. He says, not only did he appear to them, then he appeared to the 12 as well. <laughs> Pretty cool. And then, if that weren't enough, he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Isn't that pretty cool? I said this morning that I think he, he included sisters in there because he knew the men might exaggerate. But he knew the girls would tell the truth. So he added the sisters in there, brothers and sisters at the same time, 500 of them. And then it says he, he appeared to James. Not pretty cool. And then he appeared to all the apostles. And then Paul says, and then guess what? If that all weren't proof enough, he says he appeared to me also. He appeared, the little phrase at the end just was one born out of due time. See, Paul was an apostle and the the the, the the, the thing that made an apostle back then was that they'd seen the resurrected Jesus. But you see, Jesus died before Paul um, was saved. But then Paul got an encounter with him. Remember, Paul got an encounter with him in the Damascus Road. So he called himself an apostle, like one born out of due time. So here you have, I don't know how many there are. There's 520 plus, all right? Because it says more than 500. So you couldn't count them just. So there's over 520 people plus that can actually verify, if you have any doubts tonight, that Christ is risen. You see, on, on resurrection morning, um, Mary goes to the tomb. I shared this around communion this morning, little thought that we shared down at the park this morning at 7 o'clock. Um, Mary goes to the tomb probably in around 4 and 5 a.m. in the morning, still dark, the Bible tells us. And so, 
it's light enough, maybe it's just dawn's breaking, and she sees the stones rolled away. It's light enough to see that. And she's just totally gobsmacked. She turns and she runs. A lot of running that morning. She runs back to the disciples and, and she says, they've, they've, they've stolen. I don't know who it is. It could be grave robbers. It's stolen for the spices. It, it could be the, 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 the Roman soldiers, maybe just to try and destroy them completely. I don't know who, but somebody's stolen them and I don't know where they've taken them. Peter and John, fire, they run and they run and, and the Bible actually tells us that as they run, um, John outruns Peter and, and, and he stops at the door of the, of the tomb and this little door, probably maybe three to four foot high, he, he stops and he realizes, oh my goodness, what's happened? Peter comes and Peter's all guts, no glory. He's bombed straight in. And as soon as he goes in, he, he's confused. He's looking all around and he can't understand because grave robbers, you see, would ransack the place, but this is neat and tidy. The, the grave clothes are there in one piece. Maybe, maybe Jesus unwrapped them or maybe he came right out of them the way they were. It tells us that the head piece, the piece that was around his head was in a separate section. And I often wonder maybe that the, 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 the embalmed clothes were maybe just like a big cocoon and the headpiece was somewhere else so they could go and peep in and say, there's nobody in there. There's nobody in there. And, and so then John, he ventures down in and John 20 reminds us that he saw and he believed. Now, really quickly, all right, just to conclude it tonight and then we're gonna worship and I wanna do something special with you tonight. Let's go back to my first six points, right? Because if, if Paul sends something, if Christ be not raised, and he is raised, then every one of these points, the opposite is true. All right, we can flip each, each point on its head and look at the positive in this. So, so here's the truth, right? Here's the truth. So he says, if, if Christ be not raised, their preaching is useless. Well, the fact is, there's been no waste. Every song ever sung, every prayer ever prayed, every preach has the power to bring heaven to earth. His word, the Bible tells us, will not return void. It'll never be preached once in the last 2,000 years that it'll return empty. It will bring some kind of connection. So every time it's preached, it is power-packed and it's effective. Isn't that amazing? The fact then that your, our faith, our faith not useless either. Actually, the opposite is true. Your faith is something rock solid that will last time itself and breeze you into an endless eternity with God forever if you accept him as your Lord and Savior like a heat-seeking guided missile. It'll take you bang on to your destiny. That's the power of our faith. And I'll tell you what's more. They talk about spreading lies and misguiding people. Well, our guidance is powerfully directional and a spot on the mark. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The opposite is true, you see. We're not misguiding people. We haven't been telling lies. We've been telling the truth all along. And 2.2 billion people raise their voice and say, Jesus Christ is Lord today around the world. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Chosen generation. And then here's one. It says, um, uh, uh, our faith is futile. Our faith is futile. And you're, sin, you're still in your sins. Well, I love this one. I love this one. The opposite's true. 
We don't have to self-atone because self-atoning doesn't work. We all know doing penance and, and, and trying to make it our own way just doesn't work. It just gets us weary and tired. The fact is we can roll our burdens onto a, an everlasting Christ who bore them on the cross. And, and the beautiful thing is, the beautiful thing is he has paid the price. You know, way back in the mid-80s, I was a lorry driver and I worked up around Warren Point in the coal yards up there. And uh, I, I, some of the guys, there was a guy from up around there who was a financial guru and he was, was investing the guy's money. I didn't have very much money back in the 80s, still don't have very much money, and I haven't been great friends over the years. We've never been able to stay together too long. But, um, uh, but back then, I didn't have an awful lot of money, so I didn't invest. But loads of my friends up there invested. And one man who was really close to me, 30 years my senior, invested all his life savings um, with this financial guy. And it was supposed to be the deal. You couldn't miss this. This was... Where he was investing the money was going to be, it was, it was just, it was silly and stupid not to do this. Well, you know, about a year and a half into that deal, my friend come to me and realized that this financial guy had run off with all the money and he had never invested it at all. And my friend, 30 years my senior, lost his total, absolute life savings. And I went to his funeral and at his funeral, his family talked about how he died with a broken heart. All the money he'd worked for all his life was all gone. Well, you see, if you put all your stuff in an earthly plan, it's, it's going to scooper you somewhere. But I can tell you this plan. This plan is not futile. This plan of God is, is, is powerful because, listen, my friend, I tell you tonight, Jesus bore my sin and yours. I have no debt. It is paid in absolute full. And if you love Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have no debt. You, he has paid it in full. I love this. There's so many scriptures that I could quote in this. For people who like the night sky, who, for people who like to look at the stars in the night sky, here's a cracker one. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, not north to south, because they've got poles and you could measure it, but you can't measure east to west. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins and our iniquities from us. Isn't that pretty cool? That's for the people who like the sky. Now, if you like farming and like nature, then Isaiah 118 is a really good one for you. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. I have a friend who's a sheep farmer and uh, he took me down to the farm one day and he was shearing the sheep and he said to me, Phil, have you ever thought about that verse in Isaiah 118? Do you ever realize, you ever wondered why he says your, your sins will be, uh, they'll be white like snow and then he says they will be like wool. See, we misquote it sometimes. It doesn't say white as wool. It says white as snow and then they'll be as wool. And I goes to him, I said, I've never actually thought about that verse. That's a really interesting point. I said, what are you getting at? And he says, well, you see the wool? He says, I've been a sheep farmer all my life, and I've sheared hundreds and thousands of sheep. And he says, I can take the wool off them, but I've never devised a plan to put it back on them. Pretty cool, isn't it? He says, your sins, they'll be white as snow, and they'll be like wool. You'll never have to put them on again. 
You don't have to refit. It's gone. Sealed forever. And so that's people who like the sky. You've got people who like the earth. And then if, you like, if you're a bit of a sailor like me, all right, if you're a bit of a sailor like me, Micah 7, 19 is my verse. He says he hurls your iniquities into the depths of the sea. I sailed a sand barge in Loch Ness. I've done many things, but I sailed a sand barge in Loch Ness. And Loch Ness is about 40, the average is about 40 to 50 foot deep. But away up in the northeast corner, there's a hole. And it's 100 foot deep. And we had it marked in the maps because we used that hole, you see. And this will mean nothing to you, but our winch ropes sometimes get tangled. And the only way to untangle the rope was to find a really deep hole and let it right down into the hole. And every time I did that, Kenny showed me where that hole was and we marked it in our maps so we could go to it with the stuff, with our equipment. And uh, every time I dropped the, the suction pipe down into that deep hole, I thought about my sins. I thought, my sins are in the depths of the deepest sea. And then, that's for the people who like the sky, for the people who like the earth, and for the people who like the sea. And then he throws another verse in to wreck all your heads. All right? And that's found in Hebrews. It's found in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. He says, God, this is God speaking. He says, your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more forever. Now, the theologians, that has wrecked the theologians. Over. How can God forget? Well, he chooses to. He, just, he doesn't forget them. He just says, I choose to remember them no more forever. Folks, this is, this is, this is Resurrection Sunday. And the good news of Resurrection Sunday is that you don't have to carry your sins. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every believer and the Bible says, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Here's, as a pastor, I have stood at way too many gravesides. I've watched far too many people draw their last breath. I've held some in my arms as I've done that, some that have been very near and dear to me. And I've watched them breathe their last breath. Um, but you know, the, you know the great thing about that? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead transferred them from death into glorious life. Absent from the body. Because he died, they live. Because he died, you can live. Because he was raised from the dead, you can be raised forever. This is the good news of Easter Sunday. And to bring it into land and conclude it all, the beautiful thing is, here, the last time I'd done a survey in Northern Ireland, the death rate is around 100%. All right? <laughs> Um, it's in around 100%. And it's sort of still sitting the same. All right? And if the, Lord don't be, if the Lord doesn't come back, there's none of us getting out of here alive. All right? Death is... And, and you don't have to fear it. When you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, you don't have to fear death because you're just following in his tracks. The, the verse told us he's the first fruits. So he's gone before us and he's paved the way. And then the last one, Paul writes this. He says this incredible thing. I love this. He says, if Christ hasn't risen, then your loved ones, I'm telling you, they, they are gone and, and, and they are present with the Lord. There's something so beautiful about this. And lastly, as we finish, we have this incredible, powerful, dynamic, supernatural, eternal um, God that we live in and live through. And so maybe, Claire, would you come up? We're going to finish with a song and worship together as we conclude. 
But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Of all the verses in First Corinthians, of all those little things in 1 Corinthians 15, the opposite is true. We have an eternal story and it's an eternal weight of glory. It's, a, it's eternal mysteries that I could keep you here to bedtime telling you about. But here's, here, here's what I want to say to you tonight. I got saved when I was a boy and I've spent my whole life telling people about Jesus. Um, almost 53 years I've, I've fell in love with Jesus as a boy and I've loved him ever since. And uh, I've just spent my entire life telling people about this incredible Savior. And what happened was as a little boy on a Friday afternoon I, I slid my hand into a greater hand. I slid my hand into the hand of the maker and creator of the universe. It's been in that hand ever since. The Bible says that no man shall pluck them out of my hand. <laughs> he says, the father who gave them to me is greater than all. No man shall pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. And I would love as we finish off on our Easter Sunday night, we've had a fantastic day. Beautiful to see people go through the waters of baptism. But as we conclude tonight, it would be a mess of me not to give you an opportunity. Maybe to refresh your grip. Maybe for some in the room tonight, it's just been a tough old year up to date and stuff has been happening and you've just felt like just felt like maybe you haven't had the grip that you once had. And tonight, you'd just love to renew that grip. You'd love just to say, God, I, I want to slide my hand into your hand like never before and firm my grip, God. Would you, would you, would you come? And maybe there's some in the room tonight and you've never actually done that. You've never actually ever in your life Put your hand out and placed it into the hand of your maker. You know what the Bible, and you're, you're saying, Phil, if I were to stretch my hand out tonight, I'm not dead sure how to do that. Well, you know, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible is in Romans 10, 13. And here's what it simply says. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you ever been in distress? Have you ever... Have you ever had a distressing moment where you cried out to God where something happened and you just knew you had to cry out to God in a second? I bet you can't remember what you said. Because it might go something like this. Ah! No scared some of you. <laughs> God! Help! The beauty of God is all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, it's not, it's not a ritual it's not praying a little, you need to pray this prayer, and if you don't pray this prayer, then you haven't got it. That's not what it's about. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and your call tonight might just be, God, save me. That's a salvation call, if it comes from your heart. God, I need to renew my grip into the grip of my maker tonight. God, I'm calling out to you all, 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 all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you bow your heads with me?
I just sense tonight, I've been praying over this message all week and I'm, I'm realizing that there could be people in the room, maybe you're, you're in the room tonight and you're saying, oh, Phil, if I'd have heard this message 30 years ago, if I'd have put my grip into the, into the grip of the maker 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, my life, I'm sure my life would have been different. But it's just a big mess now. Addiction has, has tormented and been in my heels all my life. Marriage breakup has come my way. Ill health has come my way. Holding down a proper job has haunted me. Whatever it is, all, all, all. And your cry might be desperate tonight. Your cry might be mild and mellow. Or your cry might be like my cry of desperation. God, save me. Ah! Whatever it is tonight. What I'm going to do, we're going to worship tonight. And I'm going to invite you up into the space. Now this blue piece here, please be really careful because there's water on it and it's really slippy. So if you come up, just be careful you don't slip on that. But I'd love to invite you into the space tonight as we worship in this last song. For some of you in the room, it might be renewing your grip. For some of you in the room, it might be the very first time saying, God, I want to slip my hand into yours tonight. If, if that is you tonight, then, and you do that, we would love to talk to you. Please don't go home without telling us because you need the support and we get encouraged when you tell us, which is wonderful as well. So it's a two-way thing and you need the family and the body to come around you and with many mechanisms to try and keep you and guide you in that thing. And so it's really important that you understand that. Thanks, guys, that's great. So, so let's do that. We're going to worship. I don't know what, why you would be moving. But I say this again, there's something about responding. There is something about responding. And I know many people in this room have went home at night and said, I just wish I'd responded the night, just didn't have the courage. Well, nobody's looking and nobody's really caring. All right, you just come. It's this is between you and him. Slip your hand into his hand tonight. A refresh, a renew, or for the first time, whatever it is, let's move as we worship and then we'll, we'll close it in prayer. The Lord bless you. Let's come. Let's stand together. Lord, I pray as we begin to worship tonight, Lord, that you would just give people the boldness and the courage on this Easter uh, Sunday celebration, Resurrection Sunday. What a great day to realize that Jesus is alive, that he's risen from the dead. And tonight, Father, personally, I want to slip my hand freshly into yours and say, God, guide, help, renew, refresh, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.